0: Welcome back to Two Chicks and a Horror Flick. I'm Tani Ray and I'm Felicia Connor. And today we're going to be talking about The Baba Duke from 2014. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But let's shoot the shit a little bit. Yep. Felicia, what are you drinking?
1: All right, guys. I'm drinking water, a lot of it. So, a lot so of it. Big thing of water I've been guzzling all day. Because I woke up with a migraine. What the hell is wrong with me this week? Since last Saturday, but this was literally like psycho knife shower scene in my eyeball. It was piercing. I haven't had a migraine like that in a long time. I don't know what I did, and I'm sick of it.
0: Like Weird.
1: I just want to know. I won't do it. Like if it's a gluten or a mushroom or a not mushrooms. I don't do shrooms, but just like normal button <laughs> mushrooms or you right. know, uh, like whatever. Shiitake, it is. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i will cut it out you know not to have a migraine but anyways i haven't been doing anything different so i don't know what it is mm. but um it took me most of the day to get rid of it and a lot of you know excedrin and all that crap so i thought i'm not gonna mess That's with everything and i'm having my That's... what are you drinking something a lot more exciting i bet
0: definitely alcoholic um i am drinking some Trulies for some reason the whiskey is just not doing it for me lately. It's like giving me acid reflux. The last couple times I've tried to drink some whiskey, it, it just, it hurts my hmm. throat. And so I just, I'm going Truly for right now. That is my favorite Truly. The wild that berry. One. Yeah. The wild berry really? Yeah. We talked about this, these fruit punch ones, right? You haven't tried any of those? You know what I said? That's
1: my favorite. And the only reason is because I've tried two in my life. <laughs> one was pineapple, and I
0: hated it, and one was that one, and I liked it. <laughs> so it's my favorite. <laughs> Pineapple's not great. Kiwis, or there's one that's like, yeah, kiwi, watermelon, or no. Watermelon, strawberry? I don't know. It's something watermelon, I think. No. Ooh,
1: I'm allergic to watermelon. I, I couldn't drink it. What? Yes. You're allergic to watermelon? Yes, I am. And this so much so that once Steve, uh, he was on this habit of um, smoking those vape Hens, yeah. Right? And he had a watermelon one and he kissed me and I got hives all over my face and down my neck. Yeah.
0: So it, are you also allergic to watermelon itself? Yeah. Or is it just like artificial? Okay. No, 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 no. Watermelon and melon, like cantaloupe and, but
1: watermelon's the worst. I won't eat it. I Don't let the family kiss me if they eat it. I was just saying so much so that he had that. Yeah. Thing and it affected me.
0: Weird. That's very sad. Have you always been allergic? I don't
1: think so because I'm pretty sure I've eaten watermelon before. Yeah. I've like become more allergic to things, sensitive to things as I've grown older, hmm. which sucks. I don't know why, but yeah, just started getting worse. That sucks. I love watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. There's, I used to eat that watermelon hubba bubba when I was a teenager. Oh
0: yeah. Yes. Anything watermelon flavor, even the artificial watermelon flavor is so good. And cantaloupe. I love cantaloupe. Well,
1: I don't like cantaloupe at all. So I'm okay with that one. Okay. All right. But, but definitely that. And avocados I am, but I eat them anyways. Uh, it's just not as severe. It just makes my throat itch. But eggplant, oh. my my throat will swell shut. Weird, dude. What is it? What's the thing? I don't even know. If anybody okay. knows by the things I just told you. <laughs> bananas. Uh, avocados.
0: Bananas?
1: Yes. I feel like I'm but- learning so much about you right now. <laughs> They're like varying levels. Like eggplant makes my throat swell shut. Oh, and shit. watermelon breaks me out in hives. But then the almond, banana and avocado, it just makes my throat and my gums itch. So I I, do, I eat it anyways because it eventually goes away. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't cause like hives everywhere or anything like that. My ears cannot put anything except surgical st- not surgical steel but like medical grade surgical steel like they put inside your body that's the only thing i put in my ears my ears swell and i get hives down my neck
0: what it's insane what the hell is it just your ears or can you wear different types of other jewelry yeah i can
1: wear necklaces and rings and stuff it's just my ears weird it's like because it's going through my through your skin yeah yeah maybe maybe if i pierce the thing in my arm then i would get hives (laughs) yeah (laughs) What a weird like I probably couldn't do that stuff people do where they have like studs. Der- in their-
0: Dermal implants. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Once I was like, oh, I want to get a little nose ring. And I was like,
0: I better not. My whole face <laughs> might fall off. Yeah. That's probably a wise choice. <laughs> weird. Well, I have learned a go. lot of new things about you today. <laughs> but I take your word for it that the watermelon, the watermelon. I think it's kiwi watermelon been. is what it is. It's very good. Nice. Anyway.
1: <laughs> what have you uh, watched or experienced, listened to, read?
0: Not a lot. There has not been a lot of time. I've been very busy again. Just weeks of, like, nonstop shit going on in my world. But I did, the other day, happen to catch up on Handmaid's Tale. And <gasps> I don't, again, I don't want to ruin anything, but I will say I was complaining And I'm back on board. I'm back excited about this show because something finally happened that I wanted it to happen. Okay. And I am so fucking glad about it.
1: Okay. So it's worth, I was going to wait to see what you said because I did not want to watch that whole thing and just be like disappointed.
0: Yeah. There's a little bit of a hurdle in those first few episodes or whatever. And then I think it's resolving itself and we'll just see, like, I don't know what's going to happen from here. Hopefully, we keep down the path where I want to go, and I will just leave it at that so I don't ruin anything. (laughs) Okay. That was
1: really good, because it was inspirational, but you didn't give anything away. Yeah. Okay. I
0: like that. What about you? What have you been listening to? I did.
1: Okay. So, 2019, I (laughs) had a commute. (laughs) Okay. And read, listened to, read, listened to over a hundred books. No, a hundred books. Exactly. Not over. It was a hundred of them. Okay. One of those books was Behind Her Eyes. Now okay. they made that into the series on Netflix, Behind Her Eyes. I think they did a phenomenal job for those of you who read the book. Cause that's one of my, oh, I hate it when I read a book that I love and then they screw it up. I thought they did a great job. I was so excited. I really loved the book though. Um, and I, I loved it. I watched it with my oldest daughter. We binged it two days. We were just like cranking mm, through them, staying okay. up till one in the morning. I really liked it. It's like a, it's like a psychological thriller. I don't know. Okay. And the, and the lead chick, uh, both women in, in it actually, I think are badass. They were great actresses, great actors. And, um, and the one woman who plays, uh, Adele, oh, she's so, She's just badass. Is it like a or, limited series or? Yeah. Yes. Um. I don't remember okay. how many episodes there were. Maybe like six or something. Okay.
0: Hmm, good to I know. I really liked it. Yeah. I'll check that out.
1: Okay. Do it. All right. Um. I started haunted.
0: Oh yeah. On, okay. okay.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> no. I all I okay. This is literally what happened. I started it, and I'm like, oh, it's about haunted things. Okay. This is based on a true story. Okay. Then there's this guy and this woman is chained up and screaming. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck did I put on? So I stopped it and I'm like, oh shit, this is haunted. What? Like this, I got cold chills just because it was so scary. I was like, this really happened and like the place is haunted or something. But that's all I saw. Because then my daughter came in and she's like, mom, that's too scary. Let's watch behind her eyes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I fucking love this show. I love it. And if you haven't seen any of it, Felicia, you need to go. I think we talked about this. I can't remember. Probably a long time ago. But I started watching. I watched all of it, except for I, only, I only watched the first few episodes of season three. I think you probably started season three, from what it sounds like. Because oh, okay. I watched that one. Season one, they're kind of hit or miss, because each episode is a different story that people have. But I love the first season, there are some seriously scary like stories. And one of them reminds me of your story. So you should go. Oh, you just gave me cold chills. Ah, I know It's so scary, dude. Some of them are like not as scary, but I just think that they do such a phenomenal job. This is like top tier horror production because they're doing these reenactments of these things. And it's just great. I just really like it. So we started, we did, that was the one other thing that I think I've watched this last week is the first few episodes of season three of haunted and it it's been fun and scary i just love it okay yeah.
1: i didn't even realize i thought i was starting on number one so i'll go back i mean i didn't see enough but even just that opening scene yeah okay this could be oh, this could be in a movie this could be taking me on a journey for two hours because it was fucking terrifying and it was like Beautifully like shot and acted and like I was blown away.
0: The tension is they just do such a good job of editing and yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm going to watch that next. That'll be my thing. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Keep going. No, that's it. We I started Wrinkles the Clown on Hulu. (laughs) Okay. It was like that. Remember that clown that was seen around town and it went totally viral and then there was like people were seeing clowns. It was about it was more about this uh and they they show the real guy who was the clown, but it was really scary. There was a video where a girl's trundle bed opens and this clown comes out Ooh. and it was a viral video. Well, what happened was this guy um I, I'm not ruining anything because I didn't even finish it, and this is in the opening scene. But this guy, he wasn't getting hired as a normal clown, so he started posting (laughs) this scary mask, and um, he would walk around, right? And he became like this local legend, and he would post these stickers with his phone number. People would call him and say, my kid is misbehaving. Come. Oh, geez. And he would come and scare the kids, and they would pay him or scare whoever, right? And you hear these recordings and these parents going, you better stop it. Stop your shit or I'm calling wrinkles. And the kid is like, no, no. (laughs) Like they're horrified. Well, first of all, my daughter goes, if you fucking had a clown (laughs) hiding under my fucking bed as a joke or as anything and, and it came out and scared the shit out of me and you're like, ha, ha, ha. She goes, I would fucking hate you, mom. I would never talk to you again. And I go, I totally understand that. It's Traumatizing. But I think it was, uh, I didn't finish it because, um, she hates clowns. I didn't even realize how much she wouldn't look at it. And she's like, please turn it off. Cause she was in the room with me. And I'm like, Oh my oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think it's just all about how dangerous, um, It can it can be because then people started getting violent if you come around because they they were scared of clowns so they were like if you come around here we're gonna beat the shit out of you and then parents okay this is massive trauma to your seven year old child
0: yeah if there is a fucking
1: clown under their their bed like you know and so the mass hysteria and all of that and so that's what it was about
0: but interesting yeah it was interesting I didn't finish
1: it though but it was interesting.
0: I'm very interested in this. I want to watch it. It's
1: <laughs> <That's> on Hulu. <laughs> so those are the three things I saw. No Formula One this week. It's Sunday. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> Got it. Uh, okay. Are yeah. we ready to jump in? Yep. Yep. All right. So let's dive in to tonight's movie, The Baba Duke. So this was my pick from 2014 for our Mother's Day month. Theme of mothership, motherhood, mother ship coming down to get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mother- I don't know where I was going. Motherhood. <laughs> mother load. I don't, you know, all those mother things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So this was directed by Jennifer Kent. The cast is S.E. Davis played Amelia Vanek. Uh, Noah Wiseman played Samuel. Haley Mecklehenney? I think is how you say it. Played Claire. Daniel Henshaw played Robbie. And Barbara West plays Mrs. Roach, their neighbor. The budget was 2 million. Box Office was 10 million. It's a pretty good return. Yeah. It is an Australian movie. Um, IMDB gave it a 6.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 98%. What? Very Wow.
1: High. That's very high.
0: Very almost a hundred. <laughs> Holy and holy, really? I know. And seventy-eight percent of Google users liked this movie. Ninety-eight.
1: That's like right. almost perfect.
0: Yeah, there are a ton of people who absolutely love this movie. Wow. Okay. Okay. So let's get into two minutes with Tani. I haven't reread this. Hopefully, it's good. Stay with okay. me. <laughs> Amelia is fucking tired. Her son, Samuel, is a difficult child who has issues at school, issues sleeping, but no problem telling everyone about his dad who died on the way for him to be born. (laughs) Amelia finds a book about the Babadook in Sam's room and reads him the disturbing story which scares Sam and leads to more sleepless nights for Amelia. Eventually, she has to pull Sam out of school and starts to experience the Babadook messing with her, putting glass in food, knocking, and bringing back the book, that Amelia destroys several times. The Babadook possesses her, and she kills the family dog before going after Sam, but Sam fights back and ties her up to save her. Sam tells her that she has to get the Babadook out. She vomits black nastiness all over the basement floor and expels the Babadook, but as the book says, you can't get rid of the Babadook. After a face-off with the entity who is now trying to hurt Sam, Amelia screams it into submission, and it retreats to the basement, the location of Amelia's dead husband's belongings. The final scene shows a happy Sam and Amelia gardening, and Amelia brings a bowl of worms to the basement where the Babadook now lives, apparently kept at bay. (laughs) I did obviously miss some details, but, you know, that's generally the outline. So, Felicia, what... Did you think about this movie?
1: Um I liked it and I feel like I may like it more after you tell me trivia cuz I have lots of questions. Okay. I feel like there's more to it like I feel Yeah. Yeah. It was an experience. And um, I did like, okay, so I, I I love hate, hate in a good way, meaning like, oh my God, it scares me, hate, not like I hated it. <laughs> movies, it's, well, okay, geez, I'm tr- having trouble. <gasps> Let me rewind. <laughs> I, the, some of the scariest movies to me are, I've mentioned before, where people are losing their mind. That's scares me so bad. And that's what this was all... About. I mean, she was losing her mind. And it, and then you don't know what's real and, and you don't know what you've done or what you haven't done. And I really liked all those elements. She was phenomenal. She was phenomenal as an actress. Um, and then there was just the ending portion of it that I was like, what the fuck? What is... And then I was like, wait. This, I think... I, I went into this mode, wait, there has to be more. This has to be a metaphor for something. This has to be, it's about mental illness or depression or there has to be something more. This can't be, she's has the Babadook now in the basement and she's feeding him worms. That can't be really what it is because if it is, that's just fucking asinine and not scary at all. It's like, it just seems ridiculous to me. Um, so it has to be more, and so that's where I'm coming from. With I liked it, but I think I might like it more after your trivia.
0: Hmm. Okay. What I'm hoping. Okay. Let me just jump in with something that is relevant <laughs> here as a note of trivia. <laughs> okay. Um, just because I think it relates to you saying you have a a very real fear of like losing your mind, and that is what you find scary in some movies. So it's just it relates in that way. Um, So the director, Kent, has stated that she sought to tell a story about facing up to the darkness within ourselves, the fear of going mad, and an exploration of parenting from a real perspective. In regard to parenting, Kent further explained in October of... I don't know why this date isn't here. We don't need to know. I should have read through this before I put it on here. She said... Now, I'm not saying we all want to go and kill our kids, but a lot of women struggle, and it is a very taboo subject to say that motherhood is anything but a perfect experience for women. In terms of the characters, Kent said that it was important that both characters are loving and lovable so that we, the audience, really feel for them. Kent wanted to portray human relationships in a positive light. In total, Kent completed five drafts of the script, which I think Mm -hmm. is interesting, but Back to that real perspective and fear of going mad and the subject of motherhood. I just think that was relevant in this moment.
1: Yeah. They did that great. She was purely exhausted. I hated that kid in the beginning. He was a little bastard, period. I did not like him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe she can give him to the neighbor.
0: And I'm a mom.
1: <laughs> and so people might judge me, but I was like, sign over custody. This was... She, she was so tired and he was just screaming and screaming and like constant like, ah, it was, I didn't feel for him, which sounds horrible until, um, she, I think it's when she started to change or actually it's when she started giving him those pills and he calmed down. And then when she started to change, so the whole like second half of it, I did really like him and I thought he turned around and I felt really bad for him. Um, but in the beginning, mm-hmm, <laughs> No. Yes. No my God. I was like, give her the sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to sleep. When she left the doctor, uh, not the doctor's office, her work, when that really nice guy is like, go home. Yeah. Go home, blah, blah, blah. She went to the mall. Dude, I would have went to CVS, grabbed some Benadryl just to make sure I fell asleep. Went home. <laughs> Not a bunch of Benadryl. One Benadryl makes you drowsy and wrapped up and slept until it was time for me to go pick up my kid. <laughs> so we'll not go to the mall. That's a side note. But she was very tired.
0: Yes. You know what I actually liked about that scene that I didn't pick up until this rewatch was that in that, it, just for a half second, I thought, oh, she doesn't even know what to do with herself. She, she doesn't even know what she could do as like her own self-care time. So yeah. she does what you think you should do. She's like, go to the mall, I guess. But you can tell the entire time she's doing it, she's just going through the motions of that even. And it's not even helping.
1: Yeah. Why the hell didn't she go to sleep? I don't know. Like, she knew she needed sleep.
0: I don't know. Go Maybe home just and masturbate
1: was... and go to sleep.
0: <laughs> right. Can't, can't, can't finish
1: I know. the yes. masturbation. She couldn't even masturbate. Yes. God. Yeah. Go home, grab that little phone receiver vibrator, and <laughs> masturbate and sleep. Yes.
0: <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs>
1: That's what she does in the movie, but she's interrupted in
0: case people are like, wow, Felicia just really what likes are you talking to masturbate.
1: About? Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't even masturbate. Her kid went in there. Oh.
0: And, yeah. Interrupted her because he was scared. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So where I'm at overall is I fucking love this movie. I just oh, yeah, okay. yeah. There's just something about it that stands out to me. I it is such a fucking experience. Like you said it is an experience watching mm-hmm. it. It is a roller coaster of emotions. It's so tense and stressful. It is like probably I'd put it in the top 10 most stressful movies I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, very high anxiety and yes. Yeah. And the, the one thing that I think I also have a problem with a little bit is the end. But I think since I've watched it a few times, it's been a few years, I don't I don't hate the ending as a whole. I just hate very specific parts of the ending. So we can talk about that as we go, but that's kind of like where I land is I just overall really love... I just love... There's something... I can't put my finger on it, really, but I think it is the care and the love of that the care and the love and respect that Jennifer Kent put into this movie. Mm -hmm. And as we go through the trivia, you'll kind of see that she just, she really cared. She thought about this a lot. There's a lot of work put into it. And I get that. I think as a viewer, I get her intended experience. And I think it also just has like really important shit to say as a movie. So it's a little on the nose because you're right. I think overall people feel like the metaphor here is that it's a, you know, a metaphor for mental health and depression and facing that stuff for yourself. And it never goes away, but you can a- more effectively live your life if you acknowledge that it's there and not treat it like it is a inherently a bad thing, like your grief or your depression. Or I don't I don't know exactly like and I may not be putting the best words to it, but you see her deny and repress and not want to even face the fact that her husband died for the first part of the movie, and then when she finally does, that's when she's able to manage this you know Babadook yeah. thing, and so I like that part of it. You know, even in the book, it says you can't get rid of the Babadook. And it just is. And it's about like learning to live with it rather yeah. than being in a constant state of fighting it and denying and repressing it, I guess. Yeah. I'm probably not talking about that as eloquently as.
1: No, you are. I'm thinking about it. Every-
0: I'm thinking about everything you're saying.
1: And uh, yeah, I was hoping that's what it was. So that's good. Um, I don't. I didn't. I guess maybe it was just the, but I don't know how they could have done it differently. I don't mind that it was there, and that that's what it was a metaphor for. Um I like that I like when there's a deeper meaning, an additional meaning, than just there's a monster um I just I don't know the whole like feeding it worms. And then when it came out and she was like, ah, and this weird, she went back, ah, and then it's okay, and she's calming it. I mean, I get it. I guess that's like what you do when you, uh, like if you're having depression and you're kind of like telling yourself, it's okay that I feel this way. It's okay. So I guess I could see it that way now that you explain it.
0: Mm-hmm. But I get what you mean. I think that is... Um... You know, why not talk about it now? Just while we're on the subject, yeah. I think the my biggest thing is, I I don't understand like the worm portion of it, and I wanted to look up more information about this, but I just didn't have the time, so I'm sorry that I don't have like more information on that. There might be something there. There might be like a worms. deeper meaning. Yeah, yeah, but I felt like this seems very random to me. It, I said this to I said this uh, to Steve because he watched
1: portions of it with me, and I'm like, did he tell her he liked worms? Like, why yeah. did they spend so much time picking out the worms to feed him? Like, why worms? Why not throw some triscuits
0: down there or like, like I don't know, <laughs> why worms or something? Like, yeah, like I like the idea that it still exists and it's there and it's a part of their lives, and that you can acknowledge that something is there and have it be there and not be ruled by it. I like mm-hmm. that whole idea. I just wish it had been executed maybe a little bit differently. Yeah, so, me because too. I've I've thought about this the- since I watched this movie the first time, and I I was more upset about the ending the first time I watched this, and since then I think I've kind of come around to most of it. So the idea is great. I just wish it hadn't have been so specific. I guess if she had just acknowledged or said something, but maybe there's something deeper in the feeding it that maybe I'm missing or I just didn't come across or something, but it did feel. She was
1: feeding it though. Sorry. It did did feel random.
0: No, go ahead.
1: (laughs) I I was done. (laughs)
0: Yeah. That.
1: Yeah. I think that that's, I like those moments of, Oh yeah, that's why. And I, I think that that's exactly, I felt a little disjointed in that portion Um, but I was, I liked it enough that I was trying so hard. Steve didn't like it. Mm, He's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, no, it's gotta be a metaphor. It's gotta be, because he was seeing it at face value that now the monster lives in the basement and you feed it worms. Like, that's stupid, honestly. Yeah. But for a metaphor, I'm like, it has to be, it has to be. And he's like, oh, maybe that makes a little more sense than that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it is like this sort of fairy tale-esque feeling With the book and the... Mm. Ooh, that book was scary. Yeah, the book is creepy. That's a great book. Yeah, Yeah. so scary. Let me tell you something about the book. So the movie had a campaign where you could buy a copy of the hand-created (gasps) pop-up book for $80. The first 2,000 copies are numbered and signed by Jennifer Kent. The book contains pop-up pictures as well as additional pages not seen in the movie. The campaign was only open for a limited amount of time in which 9,500 books were sold. So 9,000. I wouldn't have opened it though, but I would have bought it. (laughs) I know. It'd be really cool to have one of those, right? I'd be scared. I'd
1: just seal it though. I wouldn't want to read it. But yeah, (laughs) it'd be so cool to have it. I just wouldn't let anyone open it. Don't touch it. Don't touch the book. Don't open the book. (laughs) Because that shit was scary. Yeah. You know what? The uh the okay anybody in your house if you have a black hole in a wall twice and there are bugs coming out of it there is some spirit shit coming back and forth because that was the fucking same thing as mama yep and now this one different bugs same hole exactly the same hole <laughs> <laughs> call someone call I'll- someone patch that shit up get out of that house You're going to die of black
0: mold. Call somebody. Yeah. If it's not black mold, it is an evil ass spirit. So (laughs) either way, you need to get out of that house. At least in this one, it wasn't there. You know, she thought she saw it. Well, I guess we don't know what happened to the other Mm -hmm. one in Mama. She never goes back to it. But anyway, um, I liked uh, him. I thought
1: he was creepy. I liked how you... Didn't ever really see him. Just those kind of long... It was just weird. Those long fingers and the suit. Can I say one thing? Um, uh, Only for a couple movies. And the other one was The Lodge. I had to watch it in my bedroom because everybody was watching everything else. Our TV in our bedroom, I don't know anything about TVs, but it's really, really crisp. Mm. In not a good way. I almost feel like I'm on set with the actors. Is it like when people move, like the motion? yeah they look like they're in front of me versus this uh f- maybe filtered state of like I'm watching a movie okay if you if some people know what I'm talking about I think <laughs> I know what you're
0: talking about okay yeah. it's just', just- they're
1: really crisp like they're in and it it kind of ruins movies for me actually because some of the effects were just so it almost looks like this is what I said to to Steve it looks like um a movie that hasn't been edited yet. Like they're looking at the yeah dailies. The dailies yes yeah and um I think that that might have led lended to me the reaction I had as well
0: yeah that's like a smoothing effect I think that some TVs have yeah. and it it takes away the motion blur which is not normal for us right like because if you see stuff in motion it is blurry because it's moving and our eyes can't like keep up as fast so what happens yeah. when you take that smoothing out of the TV it, like. When you put the smoothie on, you can't see the motion blur. It doesn't look real. And it feels like hyper, it feels hyper realistic, which is really weird. So I agree. I don't like that at all. Okay.
1: So I think I'm going to stop because I I think it took a lot away. Now the the movie was still really good, but I kept like being thrown by it.
0: Mm, Okay. But anyways,
1: so there's that. I'll take that in consideration when I do a score.
0: Okay, good. Um file that away. Uh, I also want to talk about just the the influences for this. So, yeah. um Kent cites the influence of Melier, Gene Epstein's The Fall of the House of Usher, which mm. I I started watching like a couple months ago because it was on Shutter, and it's like this old old movie, black and white, shocker, I know. And I I just was like interested in it. So I put it on and watched it for a little while and I liked what I saw of it. But it is kind of this like black and white, old school, theatrical look and feel. And mm-hmm. I think, I feel like in a way, they, they have some of that on the TV when she's like trying to fall asleep or she's sitting in the living room, you know, she's got those scenes of those uh, types yeah. of movies on on the TV. But even in the movie itself, there is something there that, Feels similar to that. I think it's partially the lighting and the like framing of stuff. I'm not entirely sure, but it feels kind of like that. And so it feels like a fairy tale in a way. And I think that lends itself to the credibility, the believability, I guess, of this movie and the Babadook. I can just buy it easier than I think I could in other movies. And also, it's very like insulated. You know, you've just got them in this house and it feels, it's nice in that way because it kind of feels like just contained i don't know if i'm making any fucking sense you are yeah i yeah yeah okay so sorry let me keep going with this um kent used stop motion effects for the monster and a large amount of smoothing was completed in post-production she explained there's been some criticism of the lo-fi approach of the effects and that makes me laugh because it was always intentional i wanted this film to be all in camera she also has said that the man in the beaver hat from the 1927 Lost film London After Midnight was an inspiration for the design of the Babadook.
1: Was there anything about uh, him being a moth or any significance to... Or he wasn't a moth. He was like a, what, a beetle? or Maybe he was a moth. Maybe he was that. I think that was another thing about it that wasn't a bad thing. It was a, quite a experience where you weren't really sure what you were looking at either. Like when she... She would stare at the the uh, light above her, and then he came and uh, was like this, maybe it was my TV, <laughs> but I couldn't really tell. But I could see this fluttering, and it sounded like fluttering, but I couldn't really see what it was and then it like came down at her and went inside of her um or at the end with a big i assumed they were wings but these big black things like, i couldn't really see i just could see the edges of this black thing and then it was in and i was like what am i looking at like what am i looking at not in a bad way i it was just like yeah
0: i did not find anything about that but i think it's worth uh looking into because i i maybe there is something there as far as bug imagery and you know what I mean? Especially yeah. with the worms later and feeding it to him. I oh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't come across anything like that. But yeah, I I think what you're talking about, it's like that chittering um, yeah. sound effect that happens when he's like running across the ceiling. And there is like, Ugh. to your point, a Ugh. lot of bug related things. It does look like wings for a moth. I don't know. I don't have anything yeah. on that, but. I think it's a. I think it's a good observation, and it's worth looking into. Thank you, Tawny. You're welcome. (laughs) You know what I did like
1: about this movie, um, as well, is it felt like, uh, like a scary dream. Just the way everything looked was how almost it would appear in dreams with exception to a few things like um, with her laying in bed and you know that door opening is fucking scary and all that but yeah. like that that just the way things are placed but I loved because I suffer from these type of dreams every once in a while the sleep paralysis dreams so when she was in that room and then she's on the ground uh, trying to crawl to the door where she had locked it because he came down the chimney
0: Oh and yeah, she yeah.
1: Can't pull herself. That's exact. It was perfectly. I'm like, this is a fucking sleep paralysis dream nightmare. That nightmare where you know something is there and you like are like, help! And you're trying to scream. When I have those dreams, I actually wake up screaming, help! But it's wow. Sh- they did that so good because I like could feel it. I'm like, oh shit! This is scary. this is this is very scary
0: (laughs) I also like the scenes where the half the room is in complete darkness and it creates like a stage like look I think that's where what I was mentioning earlier is there's these moments that feels like you're watching a weird fairy tale like movie or it's on a stage or something this is one of those moments and it's when her husband walks out from the shadows or there's just nothing there there's like half the room is in shadow which is so not what it would actually look like but you buy it and it feels like a dream I also love these scenes where she like falls asleep and it's this like sped up, you know, like (gasps) thing, but you also get the sense, I think they did this so beautifully. I've never seen this done ever in any other movie that you get the sense that she doesn't feel like she slept at all, even though it's been, there is a passing of time, but you don't, as the viewer watching her lay down and go to sleep, you're like, that wasn't any restful sleep. It feels yes. like she just laid down and woke up and the sun was up. I loved that. I thought they did that really well. That was fucking brilliant. Yeah. When it
1: first happened, I, it tweaked me out because I was like, oh, fuck, what's happening to her? And then I yeah. realized it was speeding forward. And I'm like, oh, okay, haha, that was creepy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, But yeah, that was so good. Her, even that. I guess that falling, because that's another dream. Now, oh, yeah. I'm thinking about it. That that's happens twice. That's dream thing, right? Where you're falling. Now, hers is a good fall. She looks like, oh. So it could be like, I'm finally going to sleep. No, you're not. Um, but that's also another dream experience a lot of people have is falling.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of just confused in and out of sleep. Like, totally. I mean, you know, when she gets to the point where she's so sleep deprived, she's like delirious you know she can't even tell what is actually happening and there isn't there like a whole dream sequence of are you talking about when he was stabbed on the sofa
1: and then yes, she was like screams that is it. and then he's like mom what are you doing and she's standing there with a knife with a knife yeah so scary so... so scary that whole thing about losing your mind like you don't even know you may kill your kid you don't yes. even know because you don't even know what you're doing
0: yeah I do love one of my favorite things, and you've already mentioned this, is the journey of going through this movie. I the first time I watched it, I remember for the first part being terrified of that little boy, just like what you were saying. like you're like, okay, this is he's also very stressful and all of that, but I was scared of him. And then, yeah, about you know, a little ways into the movie, it flipped and I became terrified of her. I, <sighs> yes. And just that like juxtaposition. That journey as a viewer, I thought was so fucking well done because you're so scared of him. He's doing insanely crazy things, like when he's in the back of the car and he's screaming. He's like, I think it's like
1: chair and screaming, get it out,
0: get it out, and he starts just like seizing because his like brain overheats. But he's staring into the corner of the car, so you think that he sees something that scared the shit out of me. I was like, oh my god, that was so creepy. This little boy, fantastic actor. But then you, you know, get a ways into the movie and she is acting just so crazy. And you're like, oh, my God, she's going to kill the dog. She's going to kill him. Yeah, it was in the book, too, that she does it. Yeah, you have some foreshadowing. You're like, oh, no, she's lost. And she does like she is like violent, violently going around this house, hurting everything in her path. It's very yeah. scary. And then by the end, you're like. Back to, like, loving them both. I cried through this entire movie, this rewatch. I don't think I've done that the other times I watched it, but I cried, like, several times because it's just very emotional. It's really sad, and then it's really heartfelt in other moments, and there's just a lot of emotion, and I think Jennifer Kent did a really fucking fantastic job of just getting through this movie that has such a heart. They did a really good job showing
1: the other side of parenthood where like you do, you have a kid that's acting up and she did such a great job showing like she loves her child and she's sick of her child and she (laughs) wants to sleep. And, uh, and then with her sister who everything seems perfect and our sister's perfect friends or their lives are perfect. I love how she went. Um, I loved it that birthday party how the lady was saying something about that. She talks to women who are, you know, suffering disadvantaged or or something, disadvantaged, disadvantaged. And then she said something like, yeah, I can't even afford my gym membership. And she spoke up for herself. I love that. Um, But showing that how she's like, you won't even listen to me. Her sister's like, her sister thinks, yes, I try to ask you and I try to do this. But then when she actually called asking for help, she's like, I don't know, just call the police you know, click. So how isolating that is because it, you know, the world makes you think that, um, being a parent is all about these Instagram pictures of just love and happiness and everything is great. And Oh, sunshine and rainbows. And there is a ton of love and a ton of stress and a ton of fear and worry and anger. And, uh, it's really, really hard. And I thought they did a great job showing all of that, how much she loved him and how, much she struggled i mean i'm gonna be honest the first time she i don't remember what she said but shot she didn't say shut the fuck up but she was just like just shut your damn mouth or something i was like finally yeah yeah <laughs> the first time
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's hard for her. And I think she tells him to go eat shit. I think that might be what you think Yes. Of. And she immediately feels no. bad. Actually, that go eat sh-
1: shit one, I, that was on the when it was Virgin liking him because I think that was later where she was. Oh, okay. And then he's like, She just lied down and he's like, mommy, because that's, he was being really sweet. He's like, mommy, I'm hungry. But all the, the groceries are out on the couch. And she's like, oh, shit. (laughs) But it was before that. I think it was before that. Maybe, oh, but maybe when she was going to give him the pill. And he's like, no, no, no. And she's just just like, just shut your mouth and take the pill. I think that that's one. But anyways, please continue.
0: Yeah. He is a very difficult child, child. And I think it. It's just good. It's just good the way that they portray that. Yeah, because <laughs> you're, you're like, I get it. Yeah, that's fucking exhausting.
1: I did and, not want to hear his voice. Like, we're just fifteen minutes in, and I did not want to hear his voice again for the rest of the movie. And you're like, what do you do
0: with this child? She's your child, She's, and you're a single mom. She does, and she, even though she does have like kind of these people who are around her, sort of, you get you get the feeling that she feels like she doesn't have any help from anybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and God yeah like you said it's isolating and terrible and ugh, I just cried <laughs> so many yeah. times so many times
1: she did an amazing job yeah just such a good job
0: and he did too I loved that scene yeah. I, like I loved how he was like I'll protect you and you'll protect me you know and that h- ends up being what saves her yeah and you don't know it the first time you watch the movie because you're like, oh my... The first time I watched the movie, I was like, oh my God, those fucking weapons. He is going to kill her. You know, like, I feel like you flip-flop. You're like, I'm scared of him, scared of her. Now I'm scared of him because he's going to fucking kill her yeah. on accident or on purpose because she's acting crazy because she's, like, possessed by this Babadook. But he, he says early in the movie, I'm going to protect you and you're going to protect me. So by the time he ties her up in the basement... He, it's like very cute. I cried again about this because he's committed to helping her. That's his mom. And he's not going to leave her behind. Even though he did try to call earlier and be like, can we come stay the night? You know, he like cried about that. <laughs> and She like comes in and scares <laughs> the shit out of him. And he's like so scared of her. And, but he, he traps her down there and he says, I know you don't love me. Because the Baba Duke won't let you. Mm-hmm. I cried about that. And then he tries to, she tries to strangle him and she, he just grabs her face. Oh, loving. Yeah. And it, you yes. can, it's just like you, you feel the love, even though this is a tumultuous, stressful situation, these two individuals love each other and they do want to protect each other. And it's very cute. It's like so heartwarming. I just couldn't, ugh, I just love that. I don't think I got that as much the first couple times I watched this movie. But now it really came through. And I think that's why I fucking cried so many times. As soon as he touched her face, I was like, oh, yeah, because I know when my
1: babies touch my face, I was like, oh, that's that's going to do it. it's got to do it. Yeah, I thought that that was all. Well, when he tied her up, I thought, oh, shit, if anyone comes over, that kid's going to juvie. Like, they're going to be like, what did you do to your mom? What happened? He stabbed her and then he tied her up in the basement. Um, they have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was focused on. But yeah, um, I really, yeah, now that you mention it, you don't love me because the the, the ba- Babadook won't let you. It's almost like postpartum depression that just encompasses a lot. Um, I felt it because I've been there as, you know, a young mom and, or not young, Well, I was young, but just like divorced on my own and highly stressed and going through my own emotional things where you lose your temper and then you see your kid's face and you just feel like shit.
0: And she did that so well. It was heartbreaking. I do love that moment when he's, when she's strangling him, he touches her face and you can see it in her eyebrows. I just love eyebrows. I'm a big fan of eyebrows. I don't know. (laughs) It's like... She, you can see the minute switch between, like, complete anger to sadness.
1: Mm-hmm. It's breaking through.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was just... She
1: did that really, you're right, really well throughout it. From being overwhelmed by the Duke, from just very slight changes in her face where you realized she was back. She was trying to make up for it because that's the shittiest feeling. One of the shittiest feelings as a parent is when you do lose your temper or say something that you wish you couldn't say, you're fucked because you said yeah. it. It's out there, right? So then she's getting them ice cream and she's getting, you know, and she's she tries to overdo it to make up for that. Uh, and then it happens again. And it's just like this cycle. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that She was going through some crazy mental shit and maybe should have not watched those fucking freaky ass shows all night.
0: Yeah, I know. Like
1: maybe even an infomercial for crying out loud, but those shows would make anybody go crazy. Totally. Binge binge watching those
0: shows all night. (laughs) Yeah, that did not help. I'm sure. I have just a couple of pieces of a random trivia if you're ready for that. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, said of this film, I've never seen a more terrifying film than The Babadook. Raving review. Wow, that is raving. Here's something that I think you're going to love, because there's a little bit of a tie-in to one of our boys, <laughs> Lars von Trier. Oh, yes. And I know you're like, what? Let me tell you. <laughs> so, Kent... <laughs> Worked primarily as an actor in the film industry for over two decades, but she eventually lost her passion for acting by the end of the 1990s and sent a written proposal to Danish filmmaker Lars von Trier asking if she could assist on the film set of von Trier's 2003 Dogville to learn from the director. So that was her, that was her aim. Sorry, I read that sentence weird. (laughs) Kent's proposal was accepted and she considers the experience her film school citing the importance of stubbornness as the key lesson she learned. Oh. So I think that's interesting because we kind of just talked about this in Otis and I talked shit about that movie because I said even though they feel like they they felt like they had a vision, it felt like nobody fought for that vision and like mm-hmm. stuck to it whereas I think this movie is very much the opposite it feels so vastly different like when I think about just like the the newer movies that I've seen over the last 10 15 years or whatever this one sticks out to me and I think it's because it has such a very definite defined point of view and you can tell that she's stuck to her guns yeah. But one of one of the things that I did read that she actually changed is she did originally want this movie to be in black and white because she had made a short first called Monster, which I watched today. And it's very similar to the Babadook. She calls it like the baby ba- Babadook because <laughs> it was kind of the seedling of this idea. And that is in black and white. And she wanted it to be in black and white. But her cinematographer was like, no, we should go color and kind of pushed her towards these very like cold... Because everything's very dark and like blue, and just cold feeling, which I think is a wise choice. Again, I'm just not a fan yeah. of black and white, but I really, I think it worked, and I thought it was. I feel neat. like I me as well. I liked the colors in the house—the
1: dark, dreary, cold blues—and uh, I, I really, I'm trying to picture it in black and white, and I'm glad they didn't do that.
0: I think it would have been too yeah. much. Because, uh, again, yeah. you, you get this 50s-y vibe from the movie as a whole. And then you take that to the next level with the black and white. I just don't think I would have liked it. Yeah, I mean neither. I'm glad they didn't do that. That makes me like the movie a little bit
1: more, That though. Because now I think back to Lars von Trier, which I really like his movies. And they're weird. And sometimes you just don't really know. Not sometimes. A lot of the time you don't know what the fuck you're looking at. But there's something enchanting about them. Something that just kind of, so, well, not enchanting, spellbinding. That's a great word, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think enchanting, I think of like, you know, Disney princess. But yeah, something that like, or like spellbinding or chanting. Yeah. If you're under an enchantment. There you go. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Um, when you're watching it, that just keeps you fixated and and wanting and searching for the deeper meaning. Yes. Behind what you're seeing and that movie totally did this
0: because you sense there is something here there's something intended here and there's a heart to this movie rather than it just being like surface level monster movie which I I don't think is uh always bad necessarily like I like some of those too but yes you do get the sense that there's something here there's something to be said there's a point of view and I did like it and the other thing is I also listened to the Faculty of Horror episode on this today, because they dive into like themes and all that, which I'm not going to get super into, but they did talk about, and I think this is an interesting tie-in with Lars von Trier, and I agree with this, and I thought about this before even listening to this episode, this is one of the best depictions in film of depression I think I've ever seen, and the only other thing that I can think of that rivals it is melancholia. And they said that in this Faculty of Horror episode, too. And I was like, fucking exactly. It feels exactly that way. With just the tired... Like... All you want to do is sleep. But you can't. And it's just this numb... Can't interact... Sit in a lukewarm bathtub of water... Depression that I think is another interesting tie-in. Like, that's the other movie that comes to mind when I think of on-screen portrayals that are spot-on about depression. This movie hits it, so does Melancholia.
1: Yeah, I agree with that
0: 100%. I'm glad that that helped you like it. Yeah,
1: I was hoping, because if you were like, no, the monster just, you know, lives in the basement, I'd be like, what? (laughs) What's the fucking point of that? (laughs) Yeah. Johnny, no. Donnie, no. no. That can't be it. <laughs> Please. Don't tell me. And that's great because they're they're bonding and they have a relationship, but they they both have some issues that they need to work through, right? That little boy, as well, from having a mom going through her stuff and losing his dad and knowing that it was on the way to the hospital. He talks about that a lot. So they both have a lot of their own things that they need to work through together. And it is really sweet that they love each other so much that they're gonna work through it. Together, you know, and it is always there. It is always there, especially if you're talking about depression and things like that. You just find ways to manage it, to it, do self care so that you can come out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Or I, you know, I know for myself, I can recognize that I'm feeling that way. So if I'm if I'm thinking. Um, if I'm thinking that, you know, I'm really upset about something or whatever the case may be, that that's not what it is. Doesn't make the feelings go away, but you can, like, especially like when you, oh gosh, she did this just so well. And that's just something I can relate with. If you lose your temper, and then what happens is you feel so bad and you start to spiral in, I'm not a good mom, they deserve a better mom. And that just goes to a dark place. And she did that so well, showing that aspect. That is always there, like your mind can click there, but you just get better at going, no, 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 okay, that's not true, and kind of like working through it, and that's exactly kind of what she was doing mm. in the movie. Yeah, all right, all right.
0: Yeah, uh, another thing is uh, that Kent holds holds the rights to the film, and when asked if there would be a sequel, she said, I will never allow any sequel to be made, because it's not that kind of film. I don't care how much I'm offered. It's just not going to happen.
1: Good for her.
0: And I like that. Yeah. (laughs) It does. Yeah, it doesn't. Now,
1: is it just going to be all these different moms that suffer or just all these different people that suffer suffer from mental illness? Well, I think it would be specifically have to be parents because it's a children's book and everyone's going to find the book and the Bobby. Yeah. No, 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 no. It would lose it. It would lose its. I think it would lose. It's I agree.
0: I agree. It's not the same. and Yeah, it just makes no sense. This is such a specific story for them, right? I mean, I don't know if you caught this, but they mentioned her being a children's author, a children's book author early. So there's kind of this sense that, like, I don't think we really know, but it's kind of like, is this your book? Did you make it? Is it a book because you used to be a children's book author? It's so very specific to this family and what they're going through that to pull the Babadook into other families would be not
1: good you could do it but it wouldn't be the Babadook. duke. Yeah, it'd be like based on whatever like she was a children's author so based on something that was related to that person. But um but yeah, but I don't think they could go watch what's that show we were watching? Monsterland. It's kind yeah. of the same type of ish I what thing. we're talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh and just the last kind of overall thing Is, uh, Samuel displays some autistic traits and parents of autistic children have identified with themes of the film, including the social isolation and sleep deprivation that commonly overwhelms them. Because I I definitely think the, the isolation thing is not something that we've talked about yet, but you, it, it, that is heartbreaking that none of these other kids want to even interact with him. And it's like, what do you do? You don't even have a place for him to go. Sorry, go
1: ahead. Uh, The child is isolated and knows that the other children don't enjoy his presence. Then in turn, the mother is isolated because who's she going to hang out with? No one gets it. Yeah. She works at the nursing home. So it's not like there's – she's making tons of friends there. There's that one guy, you know, which he was Mm -hmm. a sweet guy. Um, Hopefully they hook up later. But yeah. Yeah. They're both completely isolated in their, you know, what they're struggling with. Yeah. And can you just imagine like what they were, what you were saying that the parents of autistic children were saying a lot of those characteristics and sleepless nights they have to deal with. Can you just imagine so hard because you love your baby so much and you just want to sleep and you just want to be able to, you know, go to a birthday party or, you know, just do whatever and. (sighs) <sighs> my cousin's autistic and I remember my aunt, she, it was really, it was really hard. Um, he's older now. He's doing well, but wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can certainly That's see that. That's just extra astrology. on top
1: of just parenthood, parenthood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now add this on top of it. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, Kind of along those same lines, like her snapping and being frustrated with him. I, th- I think this is a really good thought. Uh, so Kent was extremely sensitive about introducing the themes of the film to the child actor, Noah Wiseman. During the three weeks of pre-production, she carefully gave him a child-friendly version of what the story, fr- th- what the story was about. Wiseman's mother was on set throughout filming, and Wiseman himself was never actually present on set during scenes in which Essie Davis's character abuses her son. Davis instead delivered the lines to an adult actor who stood on his knees. Kent is quoted as saying, I didn't want to destroy a childhood to make this film. To get the reactions of the shots of Wiseman looking terrified, Davies said things like, I'm going to take your Legos and throw them into the river. (laughs) (laughs) So all of that like mean shit, she says, is not at him, which is nice. I think that's
1: a really, really thoughtful move. Because Very sometimes I watch—not even sometimes. A lo- most of the time, I watch a movie and I'm thinking, "How does this kid grow up? Like, what's it like?" So she when they're really young, like babies, and they're sc- they're crying, and I'm I'm just always thinking, like, <laughs> "What
0: trauma? Are you Let's okay? Yeah. Are you so- okay after this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly." Something that I noted during this rewatch that I hadn't noticed during my other watches of this was just that the sound design was phenomenal. When the music stops at certain points, that actually scared me. It was like a jump scare. I thought that was very well done. And then you've got the sounds of like the, I think they're called cicadas. Yes, that's what it is, yes. When he's like on the ceiling and there's just like this high pitched sort of it's it adds to the uneasiness of this movie, and I just really liked it, and I hadn't noticed it before. But yeah, it was, great. it was excellent.
1: There was a lot of s- dread, building dread for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's why I like this movie, is because I'm a fan of dread. I think dread is so close to being scared for me that I don't really get creeped out or scared as much anymore. But I, but I, identify with dread easier <laughs> now. <laughs> And it feels like fear and it primes me for fear. And that's why I liked this. And I did yeah. like I did feel like it was in the same vein of like the lodge or you know, hereditary less so. Oh. Definitely a less uh intense version of that level of dread, but yeah. I love that movie.
1: <laughs> but we're not talking about that movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did I sway you? Yeah,
1: most definitely, especially with the... I was thinking about Lars Van Trier, and if this was a Lars Van Trier movie, I would have naturally liked it more. Um, Because I expect that
0: from, from him. him.
1: Yeah. um, And I would have been expecting that it was more. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I honestly think it was my TV. <laughs> okay. I honestly think it was the TV. And then, yes, I, I knew, okay, I will like this more once I hear Tawny's facts. Or I might not, you know. That, mm-hmm. But that cannot just be a worm-eating monster. Like, what is the point of this? So I'm glad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't help myself but love this movie. The, the one thing is the end. I just wish it was a little different. Just.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. really what I want. I just want that to be a, a little bit different.
0: So what would you rate this movie?
1: All right. So I looked through all of the, I did, I don't know, I explained to you every time what I do. <laughs> Everybody knows I looked through the scores. Um, and so I was looking and I was surprising myself and Tawny was totally laughing at me because I was like, Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh, Oh, because as I looked at the scores, which I don't disagree with the scores, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about all my past scores <laughs> now I've or I've looked at them enough that it just is what it is. Um, Sleepy hollow sometimes, but uh so anyway, I was looking and I kept going and it kept getting higher and higher because I was saying, did I like it more than this and did I like it more than this? I liked it more after our discussion. I like things that are disturbing, and <laughs> I just love it. it was disturbing, it was real, it was raw, it had really good points to make, so I am going to give this movie a four point. Six. <laughs> Five. <laughs> wow. That is good. Yeah, I kept thinking about it and looking at the other movies. And I'm like, no, it's really like getting with me. I really do think it was the TV. I know that sounds silly, but I couldn't get, I don't think I got the full effect of some of the beauty of it mm-hmm. because of the way it looked. Um, so, yeah, my husband's going to be like, you did what? <laughs> 4.65.
0: Wow. Yes. Damn. Okay, maybe I'll give it a 4.5. Maybe that's where I'll land. Is the same level as Lo- The Lodge. They're similar in feel, and I like that. Yeah, it seemed like you really... I do, and I, you know what? I think I did like it. I don't know. There's something about it. I feel like there's a juxtaposition. There's something about this movie that I really, really love Right up until the end, and then yeah. something just loses its way for me, yeah. and that's I feel like it, I weigh that kind of heavily against the stuff that I really liked. But every time I watch this movie, I I think I like it more. So I'll will stay at a four point five. I think that's fair. But I'm so glad that you liked that. Actually, liked it high enough to give it a four point six five. So we said let's do four point six.
1: Okay, that's a four point six. Yes, four point 5. five two three. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. I I did, I think, because I saw um, Ready or Not, I I gave a 4.5, and I really did enjoy that movie. It was fun. The content of this movie was more meaningful to me. Mm,
0: That's why mm -hmm. I rated it higher. Now I gotta check what I gave. Yeah, mm -hmm, I agree with uh, that. And I gave Ready or Not a 4. So I think it's fair for me to give this a 4.5. And as I was watching this movie, swear to God, Felicia, I was like, Felicia's gonna fucking love this movie. Like, it was one of those that I was like, no question. She's going to love this. Just the portrayal of motherhood. I don't have any kids, but you have kids. And I just feel like there's something there, even though I don't have kids. That's (laughs) what (laughs) it feels like. Just like
1: that. That's exactly
0: what it feels like. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like, there's just something that feels so raw and real. And uh, you know what I mean? In a way like taboo that's being exposed. In a very meaningful way that I just was like, Felicia's going to fucking love this. And then when I came in and you were like hesitant, I think I liked it. I think is what you first said. So I'm so glad that that's where we've ended is such a high score because I thought you were going to love this.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to give it a (laughs) (laughs) 4.65. Yeah, 4.65. Solid there. That's where we're at. And I love what you just said about the taboo thing. That just brought me back to that 4.65 because (laughs) they absolutely did that. What they did was, I felt in a way, remove the stigma around. um, I mean, even though it was violent, it it was exactly what you were talking about. You felt for these characters. You felt so, so. Oh, bad for her! You just desperately wanted her to be able to sleep. You desperately wanted them to be able to just have a good day and a good time. You felt so bad for him too, and struggling through the the grief of of lo- she can't even have a moment to be sad about losing her husband because now she has a baby to take care of, and and it, that was just so beautifully done. And when I say re- remove the stigma, yeah. I think I made sense because you can, from um, an outsider view, look at a mom in Target who might say, stop it. And like, take, you know, take her kid out of the store. And you're like, bitch. (laughs) I know when I was young, I was like, I would never. And my kid would never. That's all bullshit. And so they removed that, and they made it, so you felt for them, so even when she was yelling at him you you didn't have these feelings like, "Wow, she's a terrible mom." You're like these two people who love each other are in a really terrible fucked up situation, yeah, and they have no they they're just isolated like you said, and they have no one to help them and um so yeah, four point six five I like it even more. And you yes. know what? I'm going to watch it again on the TV out in the living room that doesn't have the smoothing.
0: You should. You should. And I think you'll notice other things because every time I watch this movie, I notice something new and different. And yeah, I just think there's a lot to like. There's, it just, I said this earlier, but I'm just going to reiterate because I think it's important. You can tell there's a lot of love. There's love and dedication and conscientiousness and thought that was put into this movie and it comes through. And yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, me too. This was probably the the biggest increase of – that you've given me with Points. your trivia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I was ready for it. I This really – I really was – I know I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry. It's late. I really was on the verge, like, Tawny's going to make me love it or I'm not going to love it. Yeah. So that's why when I came in, I was like, I like it. I just <laughs> I need think. to know a little bit more. <laughs> Well, good. Good one. Thanks. We don't even know what the fuck we're watching next. We don't. We don't. (laughs) So go to Instagram. Look forward to our post (laughs) on the first of next month, June 1st. You'll find out what we're watching next. (laughs) Yep. We hope you enjoyed that bonus episode of Spiral.
0: Yeah. Go check that out if you haven't already. Yeah. That was fun. (laughs) It was fun. It was exciting. Mm It was an exciting process, but. Yeah, it was. Yeah. In the meantime, Tawny's us- a baller.
1: She just freaking cranked out these extra um, you know editing and stuff. It was awesome.
0: Oh, I was going to, I thought you meant about watching stuff. I was going to say, if there's anything I'm good at, it's binge watching shit.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, Tawny was a massive baller with that. I was like, yeah, Tawny, I'm going to binge these saws. I've only seen one of them. I'm going to binge them all. Don't worry about it. So she binged them all. She saw them all, including for the one. new one. Oh, except for one, the Jigsaw one. Yeah. Um, and she's like, how many do you see? And I was like, three. <laughs> which was a lie because it was two and almost all of three. I just had like, I don't know, 20 minutes left of it.
0: point. Which I finished, 8. by the way. 2.8. Yes. Yeah. yeah she two. did. Yeah. She messaged me about it. I can verify.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband's like, you're still watching those? <laughs> I'm you're working like those and I have a eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, yes, I'm still watching. I want to know what happens. I don't know if I should stop now though, because we'll probably talk about it in the future and I could watch it then. But yeah. I kinda just pop it up and, you know,
0: just enjoy my day with some saw going on in the background. Why not? That's how you like that's how you go through the day. As a yeah. member of this two chicks in a horror flick, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's Me how we too. roll. <laughs> I was talking to my coworkers the other day, and we were talking about Haunted, and they were like, "They were like, would you watch that show though if you were alone, if you like lived alone, you know?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, hell like yeah. I just have no problem. I don't know. I'm just not one of those people that gets freaked out super easily. So it's like, <laughs> no, any chance I get, I'm watching something scary.
1: Oh Whether hell I'm yeah!
0: By myself with other people, whatever." I was a single
1: mom for many years with my oldest two, and I watched True Crime and Scary Shit all the time, and it freaked me out. <laughs> and I was terrified, and I would go to bed and have nightmares,
0: and then the next night I would watch it again. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just how it Still is. Still not a barrier to entry. Now, Still you know not what? a barrier. <laughs> if I'm in a cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere, that might be mm. the one time that I am not about to watch a horror movie because I don't need to be that yeah. level of scared that's like some real-life anxiety on top of being scared. I don't need that, but... Yeah, I'm not
1: yeah. watching The Strangers in Mm-mm. a freaking cabin.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah,
1: that's very true. If there's not, like, people immediately, I just break the window and scream and they can't, you know, they can hear me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're good. I agree with I'm that. good. I don't
0: ever want to be in a cabin. And not with a horror movie. Just some regular-ass no, yeah. <laughs> movies, some rom-coms. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Relaxing.
1: Well... You guys can find us. You can find us on Instagram. That's our main hub. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok and all of those other places at two chicks and a horror flick on Twitter. We're at two chicks H F.
0: And yeah, what else, Tawny? You can support the show on Patreon. We also have a discord server where we post links and stuff that we talk about. I have a couple links to post about this episode too, just, um, or this movie. If you want to go check out some more information, Oh, give us a rating and review if you like this podcast and share it with a friend, maybe. Just, uh, it helps us get seen by people who search for us, so that would be super helpful.
1: Let's spread our love of horror throughout the world.
0: Yes. This is the good
1: we're doing in the world.
0: Yes, yeah. (laughs) To people who might be a little nervous about talking about it, not me. I'll talk to fucking anybody. Remove the stigma around loving
1: horror (laughs) movies. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) But we will see you next week, whatever our movie is. (laughs) And we hope you have such a good night. No nightmares.